Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I'm a hospice social worker. Today, in light of the restrictions that I've had on my interview plan, I'm making do with what I got, and I have my lovely mother. Hey. And she's going to be here giving us some commentary on what we're talking about today. So I've postponed a little bit uh, some of the things coming up, which is more of the grief episodes and the talk with the Trump supporter that is still in the works. It just had to be postponed due to viral concerns. I am also concerned about my own mother as she is in the age of risk factors and uh, has had health issues in the past. So although you're here, we are not touching. (laughs) We are observing social distancing and being careful. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What does that mean? And I'm not hoarding toilet paper. (laughs) Sorry, it kills me. Well, feel free to talk about it. I don't get it. I can't talk about something I don't get. I just don't get it. It's beyond It's beyond my comprehension that people are hoarding toilet paper. I don't get it. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> yeah, I would get it if it was like the, the swine flu where it's a stomach virus. That would make more sense. Yeah. I would think they'd be hoarding tissues and masks. You know, the sanitizer, I guess I understand, and even the soap. Well, they are hoarding masks. They've bought them all out. But toilet paper, yeah. Well, (laughs) the stuff they're hoarding, it just blows my mind away. But they're also hurting other people by doing that. Yeah. Because there's no excuse for it. There's no reason for it. Yeah, when they're hoarding, other people in the community can't get the bare minimum. Right, and if people would just calm the frick down, it's a virus. Yes, it's a nasty virus. Yes. Can we do things about it? Yes. Do we have to hoard toilet paper? No. (laughs) I don't understand. I mean, I know there's a panic mentality. Yeah. It kind of, that is viral in itself. (laughs) That's a fair point. You know, one person sees somebody do it, another person says, oh my God, I should have to do that too. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon, it's like mass panic, and they all have to have it. Regardless of whether they need it or not, or even if they think they need it. Well, look, you've lived through a few of these things now. Yeah? Do you remember people... Freaking out and buying toilet paper? No. Or do you do you think part of it is because the media is telling us that everyone else is buying toilet paper? I think a lot of it is media. Uh, the best thing I can give anybody advice to is turn off your television. Mm-hmm. Turn off your social media news links. Or at least limit them, exposure yes, to them. Yes, limit them because the news in itself will create a panic. Yeah. I don't know what toilet paper's got to do with it, <laughs> but that—that that is as beyond my comprehension. Yes, we've had outbreaks before. We had the bird flu. We had the swine flu. We had the H1N1. Plus all the different iterations of influenza. Exactly. And they're all based on the coronavirus for Pete's sakes. 
Oh, the other ones, yeah. Yeah, this is just a new strain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, COVID-19 doesn't have a fun name like swine flu. Yeah. So. I guess we should call it bat flu. Bat flu. I, don't I think know. that's where it came from. Bat guano is where it came from originally. Gu- guano flu? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I, I think it's one thing to be cautious. I understand that. It's one thing to be prepared. I understand that. I don't understand the hoarding, so other people have to suffer. Well, that's what I really don't understand, particularly in Washington State. I mean, honestly, in any country, you should be prepared for any kind of natural disaster emergency. But specifically in Western Washington, it has always been known, unless you just moved here and somehow you've never heard anything about Washington, you should have a two-week supply due to earthquake risk. Yeah. That's always been... The plan. Yeah. So when I go to the store to get my weekly allotment of whatever, I shouldn't have to worry that there's been a run on toilet paper because (laughs) apparently no one's ever washed their hands before or wiped their ass. Evidently. Yeah. Or used a thermometer. Yeah. I mean, we're off topic now. This is not the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) We'll get there. But actually, it has a lot to do with it. So we'll we'll get to that. It's... It's, it just baffles me. I mean, I've been through... I'm 70, going to be 71 years old. I've been through a lot of <coughs> so-called... Not, that's not the coronavirus. Pandemics. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, there was hoarding of food products. You know, basics. <coughs> Flour, I mean, sugar. I mean, commodities. Mm-hmm. Even in depression. They, they hoarded commodities because they couldn't get them. Understood. Yeah. Toilet paper? When it's manufactured in this country, it's not like we're ever going to have a shortage of toilet paper. <laughs> Except for right now. Except for right now. <coughs> I'm sorry, I choked on my own water. <laughs> so timely that I'm coughing right now. <clears throat> so, but, I mean, I don't understand them. It's a panic mentality. Yeah. And it's spreading worse than the virus is. (laughs) I mean, we certainly are being hit the worst right now, Washington State. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of patient zero for the United States. We are. And, you know, some people have argued that, you know, why are we closing the schools? Well, we're closing the schools not necessarily for the safety of the children, but the fact that they go out into the world and spread germs amongst each other. And even if it's only a minor for them, they're also bringing it home to their family members. They're bringing it home to their older people and their community and then their family. So it's not about necessarily saving kids, but it's also about saving the employees that work at the school that are in contact with all these little germ factories. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I understand that. I just don't get the toilet paper. <laughs> it just blows my mind. And... I understand. I mean, come on, people. (laughs) I just... I Sometimes I'm at a loss for words at some people's mentality. Yeah. Um, I went in, I think it was the first week that this all started. Mm -hmm. Just to do some normal shopping. Went down the soup aisle, it was empty. Yeah. Why? 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, even if people feel like they're going to be quarantined for two weeks, you're not going to eat soup for two weeks. 50 times a day for two weeks. Unless you have a very large family, you do not need to be hoarding products. I normally have enough food and toilet and soap products for a minimum of two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I go shopping for necessities maybe every two, three weeks. Yeah. Because... For, like, vegetables and milk and things that go bad. perishable stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And then to restock the things you already have. Exactly. It's because I know if I get quarantined here for two weeks, Mm -hmm. maybe even three, I'll be fine. Because my... True... When it's all done and I can get out, I'm going to have to do a hell of a lot of shopping. But that means I've rotated all my stock <laughs> and I get fresh stuff. So, but it's the same problem again, back to the earthquake scenario. Yeah. We're at risk yeah. at any given moment yeah. for a giant earthquake in Seattle. And what do you think that's going to do? Talk about disruption to supply chains. Yeah. I mean, there are rivers all around us and yeah, we're going to be cut off. Yeah. Yeah, we're not even cut off. Yeah. So it kind of this. <laughs> God this forbid an make... uh, uh, God forbid an earthquake would ha- a bad earthquake would happen now. Yeah. I mean, it makes me nervous that we're freaking out now, this bad, in this area because if we really did have a massive earthquake with a tsunami, which is possible mm-hmm. in this area, what are people going to do? They're screwed. We're all screwed. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? I told some guy in the grocery line, I said, if it was Armageddon, I would be stocking whiskey because that would be the trading. <laughs> you know? That would be what I would need to trade. Yeah. In lieu of money. That's true. Is alcohol. So why aren't you hoarding <laughs> alcohol? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just as ridiculous. Yeah. It's uh, not as ridiculous as toilet paper. <laughs> <sighs> Calm down, people. It is not Armageddon. Armageddon. No. It's a virus. It's a bad virus, yes. But we'll get through it. Yeah. We will. We always do. And we will. We take care of each other and yeah. don't hoard things when everybody needs supplies. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's not just one person. It's a whole, it's families of people. It's not just yeah. you or me. It's it's all of society that needs cooperation. Yeah. And not hoarding. Now, thankfully, I have been seeing the good in humanity come out during this time when people have been offering to go grocery shopping or get supplies for people, whether it's because they can't afford it or because they can't go out because they are a vulnerable population. Right. Um, which has been nice, but I've not seen any of that. Well, that's because you haven't been looking at Facebook because I posted something like that. <laughs> I try not to look at Facebook. Yeah, but uh, it's uh, <clears throat> <sighs> it's just sad. I just it just upsets me. I just shake my head. I have to go in the store and literally shake my head. Yeah, going what the hell is wrong <laughs> with people? Why? Well, why are people in other states hoarding toilet paper? Like, right? It, I, it almost makes sense in Washington because we're it's, the epicenter. Yeah, it's happening here. But 
now that it's happened here, it's like reverberated like a pebble in a pond. Yeah. And the ripple has it's crossed the country. because they see it on the news. Yeah. It's posted on Facebook, Facebook with these people at Costco with huge mounds of toilet paper. Which, honestly... People are going, oh my God, I need toilet paper? I know that... <laughs> I know we don't live in China, but honestly, I think we really should have looked at rationing. Yeah. You don't need... A thousand rolls of toilet paper. You don't. No. No. And, you know. <laughs> people are going to say, well, you do what you want to do for you. I have to do what's good for me. And that's 90,000 rolls of toilet paper. You can't eat toilet paper. Well, I, mean, I, I guess you, you could. could. But you can't sustain your family on toilet paper. What about... Maybe they think that's the new whiskey. <laughs> They're doing the same thing with paper towels. I, I, I don't know. It, it's just... Calm down, people. Please calm down. Yeah, if we, if we would have been doing the same precautionary measures that all healthcare staff have been required to do since the beginning of time, mm -hmm. since the beginning of what we knew was san sanitation... Then maybe this wasn't wouldn't be such a big deal because people would be washing their hands and using sanitizer and being careful. Well, that's been an, an age-long thing. I mean, viruses are still going to spread, but maybe right. it wouldn't be so bad if people were in the habit, as they should be with influenza every year. And it's preached <clears throat> every year. I know. Wash your hands. Yeah. Stay clean. And that's not even for the scary viruses. Right. <laughs> that's just a normal cold. Wash your hands. Yeah. Stay clean. You know? Duh. You know, someone mm -hmm. else, I can't remember who brought it up to me, but someone else brought it up to me, why haven't we heard anything about the homeless population? That was in, me. Cause, was it you? Yeah. Because in, in Seattle, as everyone knows here, we have a very large population of homeless people. And I said, what was my response? That people ignore those people. So the and people don't go near them. Right. So the people that got the virus from traveling and congregating in groups and whatnot, they are not going anywhere near people experiencing homelessness. True. And so the homeless population probably it's has fine. no contact with it. <laughs> and they probably don't have toilet paper. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I guess people working in shelters and other, you know, service-oriented professions are at risk of giving it to them but yes they're probably at a lower risk honestly they probably are at a lower risk because they're not in contact with the yeah people that have influenza or coronavirus or, or coronavirus whatever. or whatever yeah yeah i just i can't wrap my head i just you know some things just baffle you in life <laughs> and you never get an answer to it yeah well, now that we've vented about the coronavirus for 15 minutes, <laughs> let's get to the point of this episode. So you did not watch this with me, but I know I've told you about it. I recently watched a three-part documentary, and I want to say it was on the Discovery Channel, but it could have been History Channel. I'm not sure. And it was about George Washington. It's just called Washington. It's a three-part series. Uh, all about George Washington, and it does talk a little bit about his youth, but it mainly focuses on basically him from 17 through death. Mm -hmm. 
talks about the wars and his rise and how he came to be who he was. And I did appreciate that they didn't try to make him a saint. Like they did talk about the different things that he had issues with, that he had a temper and um, especially when he was younger and that um, he had slaves and the ways that he got around not having slaves when he became president. Uh, but he still, despite all of that, really was progressive for his time. He really was unique among his peers. I don't know how much you know about George Washington. I don't, I don't feel like a lot of people, because I know when I was in history class, I don't remember it really inspiring me to know anything about history. And people that are history buffs, they have watched things like this. They've had a context around learning history, so it makes it more interesting. The only thing I ever hear about Washington is about the cherry tree. <laughs> Which isn't even true. Right. I will say my biggest complaint about the documentary was that it really, I wouldn't even say glosses over. It doesn't even talk about the fact that all of these, because it comes in after we've already colonized, it doesn't talk about how we just massacred Indians, Native Americans. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or anybody else that got in our way because <laughs> we were told that we owned whatever we landed on. Yes, yes. So that was definitely a problem. It doesn't get into basically what happened between 1400s and the 1700s because during those 300 years, that's when we came and we settled and killed people by the millions relocated them and you know raped and pillaged and gave them diseases and it doesn't talk about any of that because at that point it really had already happened it does talk a little bit about the french and indian war um but mostly the only things that's talked about with native americans is that he was in contact early on in his career with um, some native people that were guiding him into kind of a conflict with the french and there was a particular instance that they kind of drew him into a battle, like let his youth and inexperience get the best of him by, because he felt like he was cornered into making a decision to attack these people that he had the, the competitive edge on. And it ended up being a massacre. <clears throat> it kind of spiraled out of, out of his control uh, with the Native Americans he was working with. But honestly, that's really the only mention of them. And... That's tragic. I mean, even into the 1700s, 1800s, it's not like there's ever been a time that Native Americans haven't been a part of this history and should have been at least mentioned. Um, if you'd like a little bit more information about that, please, please, please check out the podcast, All My Relations. It's amazing. It happens to have uh, two Native American women, one of which is local to where I am in uh, Western Washington, and they have just absolutely phenomenal podcast about just all kind of different things from a Native American perspective that either you didn't know or you didn't even know to ask. So I'm going to cough because I have allergies. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> just wanted to warn you. Thanks. So uh, into the documentary, it really it made me almost excited and also terrified and I'm not going to review the entire three-part episode because they were like an hour and a half a piece. But they really were fascinating to look at how tenuous and fragile 
making, you know, putting aside all the Native American missteps, putting, putting all of that aside, how fragile our democracy really was, how tenuous the fight was with the British, how tenuous our relationship was with France. I, for some reason, completely forgot or never knew that France, without France, we wouldn't have won against Britain, against England. We would have lost. And that is incredible to me that immediately after we kind of shrugged them off and let them on, you know, didn't help them with their thing. <clears throat> and in modern times, we're all, you know, always kind of talking shit about the French, but we wouldn't have a country if it wasn't for France. You know, each one of these battles was like one either lost or won by the skin of our teeth. It frankly is amazing to me that any of that shit worked that George Washington pulled off. And that's what really made him amazing is that you go back through and it's like the 20 years that he was fighting the revolution. He didn't want that. He had his teeth falling out. He had dysentery. He had smallpox as a child. Like he should have died like five times, not counting the actual battles. <laughs> and <clears throat> it is, you know, he really was progressive in his thinking for his, his peers. Yeah, and I'll bet he didn't hoard toilet paper. <laughs> I don't think they had toilet paper then. See? <sighs> but yeah, he was out there with his men in the cold. He was, you know, <clears throat> he really gave inspiration to his troops. And that's why people followed him. It wasn't because he was this great leader that never made mistakes. He definitely did make mistakes. And they showed most of those in the documentary. So it was just really an interesting look at how the foundation of our country was made and how very close we came to just falling into chaos. Even in the two terms of his presidency was like, you know, you think back on it with rose colored glasses, like, oh, everybody loved Washington and he was the best and how great everything was. No, it was awful. And every single day of his presidency was a mess and Yes, he inspired people because he was able to hold people together and he was vulnerable and he was willing to do things that were for the country, not for himself. Because he was a reluctant leader. That's why he made a good president. They should all be like that. They should. I mean, they're supposed to be working for us. Yeah. Not for themselves. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, truly is amazing. They didn't have parties, did they? Yeah, they well, they weren't called the same thing, but yes. Oh. Um, I mean, Washington wasn't in a party. He was, it was like, okay, we're going to have this foundation. And that, I, for some reason, until I watched this, I'm like, what, we weren't a country when the Declaration of Independence was made? No, it makes sense. Of course we weren't. They made the Declaration of Independence, and then we went to war. But you don't think about that. Because we wanted to break away from Britain. Right. But the Declaration of Independence wasn't made when we were a country. The Declaration of Independence was like, screw you, England, we're on our own. Right. And then we went to war for like 15 years or whatever. So, <clears throat> you know, when you're so far removed from history, you tend not to think about... Sorry, I'm eating cookies. What the... <laughs> Girl Scout delivery. What the heck happened? And what order it happened and everything. And that's what got me thinking about today's episode is I know 
if I have heard it, I've completely forgotten it. And I'm betting that the majority of Americans that haven't had to go through the citizenship test, which I bet most of people that were naturally born here couldn't pass, most of them have only heard the preamble to the Declaration of Independence or the very first paragraph of the Constitution. So, in light of stupid coronavirus and not having an interview for you, I am going to read you the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Okay. Now, I would like you to join in or say anything. I will try to get through this in a timely manner, but the whole point of this is I am betting most Americans have never actually heard the entirety of it. And it is important. It's the foundation of everything that we are trying to get through right now. And every argument, every political decision, I bet most people on Capitol Hill haven't even read this thing. Okay, I'm ready. You know, they pull out their little pocket constitution, but have they even read it? Yeah. Probably not. No. So well, here we go. They've read what they wanted to read out of it. <laughs> no truer words have been spoken. So, the Declaration of Independence was written by what was called Congress although it was in a very different form, July 4th of 1776. I think we all can agree that we know that part of it. That's probably the extent. <laughs> <clears throat> the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and the laws, I'm sorry, the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect of the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to, to separation. So part of this is going to be, this is me speaking again. The next part I'm going to read is the part that you've heard. And as I'm reading it, it is written in English from the 1700s. So it doesn't always make the best sense when I'm reading it. I'm probably going to stum stumble over some words. I apologize. But hopefully you get that, as you mentioned before we started this. There are... Where's your glasses? <laughs> right here. There are still issues with this Constitution. Yes, it was progressive, and I'm glad we have it. But it was written by men, <laughs> white men. Uh -huh. It was written by a specific, you know, thought Older of... men. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. And even though I'm still amazed that most of this language is actually pretty progressive, you can hear throughout it that, you know... If you watch that movie about Ruth Bader Ginsburg called On the Basis of Sex, there's a line in there towards the end where they say there's no mention of the word woman in the Constitution. And she says the word freedom isn't in there either. So <laughs> there's a lot of things that we infer from the Constitution and the Declaration that it's pretty amazing that we've come this far, considering. We are really a big, giant petri dish of a social experiment. So back to the declaration with my glasses on. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, men, 
are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, that's probably all anybody's ever heard, let's be honest. <laughs> that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever they form any form of government becomes destructive of these, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles as organizing its powers in such form as they shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate the government's long-established should not be changed for light or transcendent cause, and according, accordingly all experience hath sown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable that the, to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, invinces in evinces uh, I don't even know what that word is <laughs> this is why nobody's ever read it <laughs> pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism despotism it is their right it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over the states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid, into a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden govern his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operations till his assent should be obtained. Until his assent, yeah, and basically until he gives approval. <clears throat> and when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. He refuses to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. So I just want to take a pause here about that last statement. What they were fighting against was England. the whole taxation against, you know, without rep representation. Not necessarily only taxation, but the fact that this, the colonies were not being represented in the legislature of England. If you... This whole thing, the whole first part, is telling you why we broke away from England. Oh, it's still going, yes. But it's based on the fact... <clears throat> this is why we're leaving England, because he's a tyrant. We have no representation. Yes. And it's basically communism. <laughs> well, what I want to think about in today's times is that we we put together all of these systems to try to make it fair. And back in the day, it did seem like a fair thing. I'm not sure I can say that it's fair <coughs> that 
the Dakotas, for example, are two states with a very small population. And they get four senators. Yeah, why is that? California has 40 million people. And they get two senators. So I have a hard time understanding the fairness if it's supposed to be population representation. When, you know, but that's that's what the House of Representatives is supposed to be. That's That's the argument, is that in the House you have people representing you via the census, whereas states have two representatives in the Senate regardless of their population. What is that... <clears throat> One state that has all the electorals. I'm assuming they're senators. No, there's two st two senators for every state, regardless of population. Okay, but who is the electoral? Who does that? It's like the electoral college. Yeah, that's based on population. Okay, so why there's one state, and I can't remember which state it is. South Carolina, North Carolina, one of those Carolinas back there. Could be Dakota. I don't know has several representatives. Mm -hmm. And in a couple of those sections of the state has basically zero population. Yeah. Or maybe 10 people. But the So I don't know the I don't have the end all be all answers for the electoral college, but an electoral votes, but I here's what I understand, my limited knowledge of it. You have electoral votes based on population, and each state gets to determine how those electoral votes are split up. So some states, and I don't have the list of which ones it is, if the person that's running, if two people are running and one person gets 51% of the vote, then all of their electoral votes go to that person, which is kind of bullshit in my opinion. In other states, they split it per whatever the population is. So if someone gets 51% of the votes and they have 10 electoral votes, one person gets six and one person gets four, which I think is much more fair. But that's not how, you know, each state, just even from the very inception of our country, the whole point was that we were barely held together by the idea of a unified government, but each singular state wanted to be its own thing. That's why we fight so hard against state rights versus federal rights. Hmm. That's why our state has legalized marijuana, because we have the right as a state to legalize it, even though it's federally illegal still. Mm. So. All right, on with you. I don't understand anything you're reading, but that's okay. That's why nobody's read it. They can't read those words. That's why the Bible was translated in so many different languages. Because <laughs> nobody knew what it meant. <laughs> yeah, but this is actually English. It's just old English. Yeah, well. All right. <clears throat> he has called together, now we're still talking about the King of England here. Mm -hmm. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. So what he's saying there is... He's trying to beat the man down. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm going to have meetings to say that you're represented, but I'm going to have them in such a way that it's not convenient or even possible at some times for you to even be right present so it's gonna make it as hard as he can yes on purpose yeah he has dissolved representative house repeatedly for opposing with many mainly 
No, I'm messing that up. He has dissolved Representative House for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of people. So when he's gone against the people and the people have tried to rise up, he has taken away that representation. He has refused, refused for a long time after such disillusions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. Does that make sense? No. So because he took away the representatives and didn't allow anybody to be reelected, then they're vulnerable not only from their own right. father country, mother country. Well, I get that part. But the part I don't get mm -hmm. is why they put all this bull crap in there when it's our constitution. All they're saying is this is why we're, why don't they just say this is why we're breaking away? Because he's an asshole. And we don't have to explain. <laughs> we don't have to write 20 pages of why we're breaking away. Why can't we say it? We want to be independent. So, see ya. You have to give reasons why. That's what they're listing. They're listing all of these reasons. Specific reasons. Jeez. <clears throat> <laughs> he has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage the migrations hither, <coughs> And raising the conditions of new appropriations of land. Well, that's what we do now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you understood that. I did. I went, hey, I, I recognize that. Right. So they're limiting migration. And that second part is raising the condition of new appropriations of land mm -hmm. means that we're still arguing. So at one point, the French controlled a lot of the middle of the country and England controlled the East coast and the appropriations of land, you know, let's just forget the native Americans actually lived there and we stole it all in the beginning. Right. This is how we, how the English could continue to take more lands. They said, no, that all belongs to the French. Forget it. You can't have any of it. Mm. So that was part of what that was. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. So that's taking away the courts, right? He has made... Those chickens are loud today. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. So they're on the take. Right. If there are judges, they're on the take. Yeah. So he's basically the judge and jury. Pretty much. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. So he's infiltrating the independence of the states with English officers to try to take control because we're becoming too wild child. <laughs> he has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. So the British Army continued to be a presence in the face of the colonies when the colonies were like, piss off, we got our own militias. Yeah. <clears throat> he has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. So basically similar to a martial law situation and not 
answering to the people that are living here. Mm-hmm. He has combined with others to subject us to the jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. Hmm? <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. Like, he's taking away any kind of judge and jury and making us go by the laws of England. <clears throat> and then there's a colon. For quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they commit on inhabitants of these states. So the judge and jury says, oh, well, it was an English officer that killed you, so sorry. Yeah, got that part. For cutting off our trade with all parts of the world. Because what they would do is anything, this is what they showed in the documentary, any goods that the English settlers were making, they had to be sent back to England to sold at ridiculous profits with no kind of regulation and then sent back to the United States. It's not like we could freely trade amongst each other, which was part of this whole problem. So everybody was getting poor. They were all heavily leaned against because they had to keep borrowing Can't to be able to Korea. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. For imposing taxes as taxes on us without our consent. So that's that whole yeah. taxation without representation. For depriving us in many cases of the benefit of trial by jury. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. For transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses. Mm-hmm. So when we do go to trial, it's not even in our own country or our own where we're living, even though it was technically England, I guess. Yeah. For abolish, abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it once again an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute law in law absolute rule into these colonies. Same kind of thing. Just more words about how they're governing with their own laws without having mm-hmm. laws in our own area. For taking away our charters, <clears throat> abolishing our most vulnerable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our government. So anytime that we try to have a council or a congress or whatever, they're like, no, it's up to us. For suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate us in all cases whatsoever. Same thing. He has advocated government here by declaring us out of his own protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. Pretty what do you think we did when we got here? Oh, yeah. We 100% did all of that. But it's different now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree with you. <coughs> he is at this time transporting large armies <coughs> of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny, already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidi- perfidy. Scarcely paralleled in the most barbaric of ages and totally unworthy of a head of a civilized nation. Well, again. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> Still doing it. <laughs> that's a little bit hypocritical, but yes. 
Yeah, we don't like it when it's done to us. Yeah, <clears throat> but we can do it to other people. It's all right. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and the brethren, or to fall themselves by their own hands. So, basically, if you get captive... You did. You're dead, or you have to kill everybody else on their behalf. <laughs> he has excited domestic insurrections among us and endeavored to bring our inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, God, that hurts me to read, <laughs> whose known rule of warfare is an indistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. See... This is why nobody has ever read the Declaration of Independence because they didn't even know that was in there. Did anybody know Indian Savage was in the Declaration no. of Independence? I didn't. No. My apologies to Native Americans. That's awful. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for a redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may be defined as tyrant to be to unfit is unfit to be ruler of the free people. Nor have we been <laughs> what? Nor have we been wanting in att attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. You know, it's kind of funny. This whole thing. It is funny. I mean, aside from the atrocities that we did to the people that actually inhabited this land, as if they didn't exist, um, we were British. And we, you know, the myth is that we came over here for religious freedom, but it was actually for land and yeah. capitalism. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, they'd already said when their ship sailed, whatever land you find is yours. Well, that was, yes, but that was back from Spain times. I mean, that was like 1400s. But still, I mean, they all had that same mentality. Yeah. And if the Native Americans then could, had the wherewithal and could. And weapons. And, and weapons. And, and immune system. Yeah. If they could write, they would have written something like this to the people that came <laughs> and invaded the property in the first place. <clears throat> yeah. Because it's the same thing. It's pretty incredible. We have reminded them of their circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity. Magnanimity. And we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguity. Consanguity? I don't know what that is. <clears throat> we must therefore acquiesce in the necessity with which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind and of me enemies of war. In peace, friends. Enemies in war. In peace, friends. We, therefore, the representation of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the restitute of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states 
that they are absolved from all alliance with the British crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states, they have full will power of to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may have the right to do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. What do you think about that? Bullshit! <laughs> All right. The same thing is happening. Yeah? It hasn't stopped. I mean, that says it all. That says what our country does every day. It kind of, as I was reading it, I was thinking, the British Empire took over many different places in the world through its history, just like the Roman Empire did. And why didn't any of those colonies or, you know, why didn't the people that went and took over India from Britain claim their independence from Britain? You know, why, why was it us? Why did the ocean blue make a difference? <clears throat> I don't know. Weird, because right? they got away from the, the tyranny. And while they were away, they weren't, they figured out they weren't controlled anymore because they were so far away. Hmm. They didn't have anybody there to monitor them. I guess so. Well, they did. They had, they had armies. Well, yeah, but not until after they had already established <clears throat> the colony. Right. When they would, he said, oh, we got to go see what these people are doing. They're too happy over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're making their own life. We can't have that. Right. I'm not getting taxes from them like I should be. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So he was felt he was losing control. Yeah. Yeah. So in the documentary, it goes through all of the different processes that we went through once that declaration was made. And the British Navy was on our coast, and they were like, ha-ha, they don't have a Navy, they're never going to win. And then there was years and years of soldiers in militias who were asked to stay with no pay for years, with no shoes when it was freezing. I don't know how all of them didn't just die of frostbite and gangrene, <clears throat> let alone dysentery and every other thing that happened. Well, probably a lot of them did. I bet they didn't have any toilet paper either. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, we were at 50 minutes We're going to make this a part two. I, I am going to make a part two. So, for now, I'm gonna, we're going to keep recording, but I'm going to separate these because it's a little dry to be so long. But I do think it's important that people know what our Constitution says. Well, somebody should write that in English. It is in English. <laughs> you know what I mean. They should write it into today's language. They should convert those words into common words that people understand. Do you mean we should rewrite the Declaration of not, Independence? Not rewrite it, but if we take that one of those words that you didn't know, look it up in the dictionary and say, oh, it means go die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put that in there instead of that word. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So people I can mean, actually, there, there people, are websites that... I wouldn't read it because I wouldn't understand what I was reading. But you understood most of what it was. Well, yeah, because it's stupid. 
And did you know Indian Savage was in the Declaration of Independence? I did not know that. I probably heard it at one part in my life because I'm sure somebody read it to me at some point in history. But I wouldn't have remembered it. Yeah. And nobody mentions that in anything. No, no, they don't. When people talk about the Constitution, they they don't practice any of that top part. And... You know, I mean, I really surprises me with this impeachment shit. They didn't bring that up. <laughs> well, he didn't write the declaration. No, no, no. Me. But, I mean, some of the things in there, they're talking about tyranny and control right. and all that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, that's the thing. Most people have only heard from the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Right. Then they go right to the That all men are created equal. And then maybe the last line of right the whole thing. So, Declaration of Independence is long and cumbersome, but I think it's important. It is important. Everybody needs to have read it, and now you've at least heard it. You, If any of you are still listening, you're amazing. I know I made fun of it, but it's not really funny. I mean, it's pretty serious, and but you're right. People do need to hear it. I needed to hear it just so I could make fun of it, but it's... <laughs> Seriously, it's serious. Yeah. I mean, it's the reason that we left England. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't discount any of the terrible atrocities that we perpetrated on people to get to that point. But our country is here, and this is what founded it. The perfect example is that history repeats itself. Yeah. All right, that's going to be it for episode one. Thank you so much if you're still listening to this. It means that you actually give a shit about our government and what's going on and what's going to happen in the future. And even if it's not pertaining to this particular president, it's important to know how our government was formed. Uh, If you have listened this long, I hope that that means that you actually enjoy me rambling on and talking to mom about different things. So please scroll down, give us a five-star review, uh, like and rate and review and subscribe and all the things that we'd love you to do it really does mean so much to me to be able to continue to do this podcast and keep you informed keep you entertained and keep us connected so for now signing off there will be another part to this where we delve into the constitution and bill of rights which is also long and dry but we'll try to keep it entertaining for you so in the meantime wash your hands try not to touch your face Keep in touch with the vulnerable and for God's sakes, you know, take care of yourself even if you're young and healthy, quote unquote, because you're going to pass it on to other people and we don't need to hurry things along. Someday we'll all be dead anyway.